testing, testing, testing. Just test again. See what it tastes like. Uh, firmly grasp it. <laughs> firmly, <laughs> firmly grasp it. Uh, Let's work on that technique. The tip of the tongue, That's the teeth. Aluminum linoleum. Unique New York. Unique New York. New York. Red leather, yellow leather. Red now that leather, Trump yellow leather. is not in New York, it'll be Florida. Who Unique gives Florida. a shit? Why is that even news? For tax purposes, babe. So? He's not he's, paying he's taxes trying, anyway. He's trying to avoid... That's not news. Well, we... Okay. Let's... Bullshit. <laughs> what it is. Now, on this contentious Saturday night, we'd like to welcome you all to Our Kids Asleep, episode number 29. Uh, I think we're just going to go ahead and shoot the shit. What do you think? Okay. We're going to keep it nice and easy. It's been a little while since we podcasted. I think it's been about a week and a half, so we wanted to get back into it. How are you? I'm good. I'm good? I'm about halfway, well, three quarters of the way through my decaf and Bailey's. Yeah. A lot better now. Definitely mm-hmm. a lot better now. Can you hear me okay? Yeah. Okay, good. Good. We had a good lazy day today. Yeah. I I was just thinking about that. I've been uh, doing a lot more journaling uh, on my bullet journaling. Uh, and I, I think that that sounds pretentious as hell, but whatever. It's, no, it's bullet, my life. Bullet journaling is legit. Like, it's all yeah. over Pinterest. Yeah. And, and there's a lot of really... <laughs> like, that makes it legit. Oh well, as seen on Pinterest. Yeah. Come on now, this is incredibly important stuff because we have to be moving forward in terms of our productivity and what we can uh, what we can do with the time that we have. So, bullet journaling, I, I think, uh, has become a really good thing for me, and I'm just now starting to to look at the things that would work for me and how to itemize certain things in my in my journals. So. Um, anyway, I was doing that and I realized we, we hardly ever get those where usually it's like, go, go, go. Even on the weekends, we have to do something, but at least now we have, um, we were able to have a really nice and peaceful day of, uh, I had plans to do stuff, but yeah, but I just, I was like, why? I just, I'm comfortable. Not, I had to work a little bit today. So when I, after I was done doing that, I was like, I don't want to do anything. Yeah, and it feels like you don't really need to stress yourself out about something uh, if you have if you have work to deal with on a weekend. So it wasn't much, but it was just one of those things yeah. where I was like, I don't want to do a lot else today. Right. So. so anyway, I mean, if if you want, we can keep talking about bullet journaling, but I don't know that there's much to it. Just go ahead and fix yourself. Go look up Pinterest and. Uh, see what is available to you because the internet is this wonderful thing that just has uh, an endless amount of resources where you can better your life. And uh, I should probably dig through all my journals and find a good empty one and start yeah. doing that too. I still have your Shakespeare one, your Bill Shakespeare one, right over here mm-hmm. in my my neat stack of uh, half used uh, mm-hmm. journals and things like that. It's like ninety uh, percent of my journals are half used. Yeah, but it does force you to do something with them. It does force you to commit to something. And I like the feeling that you can put something on a page and you now it's, it's kind of set in, in stone in a way in my mind. And so I have to follow through with it instead of just having it be this aimless wandering kind of thought. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things that I was reading today on one of these articles about bullet journaling was that, um, 
when you write things down, you're able to process and, and it's a more tangible thing that in, in a way just makes it more real. So you, you have more of an, an easier time getting it done because it's right there in front of you and it allows you to, to get your act together. Mm -hmm. So I think it's a, a great thing. But anyway, I keep digressing about bullets and journaling. So let's, let's move on. We had a couple of things to talk about, right? Yeah. I don't really know where you want to start. Well, let's, let's figure it out. Um, so the things I had written down were, uh, last, mm, a few weekends ago, we watched The Little Mermaid and that was our son's first time watching it. Okay. Surprisingly, yeah, I don't know how we made it that far into his life without making him watch it, but yeah. Um, do you want me to keep going or do we just want to start with that? Fuck it. Let's talk about The Little Mermaid and uh, throw back a little bit to that masterpiece of animation mm -hmm. that uh, pretty much began the the um, the new era of 90s Disney animation that, that we all fell in love with. So we're going to begin on a throwback note for all of you folks out there listening. What was it like? watching the little mermaid with our son introducing the new generation to the magic of disney it was fun um <laughs> he that was one of my favorites as a kid and uh i always kind of forget how much i like it until yeah. i watch it again because it just kind of i don't know it's not one of those that's always at the forefront for me but it's it's top notch and it's our son movie. really like he really liked it. He was having some laugh out moments with uh, Scuttle. Yeah, and, he liked uh, he liked Scuttle and Flounder and, and Sebastian. Sebastian. Yeah, the trifecta of comedy over there. Mm -hmm. But we were <laughs> we were just realizing how some some jokes that they put in there wouldn't really fly anymore. Mm -hmm. Like there there was pretty much anything that Ursula did was this this just like body <laughs> she was, language she was and very you know, like, saucy. Yeah, I was like she, how did they get away with this? She had a lot to say, and. It was very suggestive. Right, right. So it was a lot of fun to to look back on those those I don't moments. Know. Kids don't pick up on that stuff, so yeah, it's just us adults like giggling. They always throw it in for the parents. Yeah, always, all day, every day. Mm -hmm. But I I really enjoy that movie, and we did watch it a lot in, at home growing up because I did have two sisters, and mm -hmm. uh, whether. Well, I don't know that I remember my older sister watching it, but uh, probably, she but was a little sure. bit. Yeah, she was a little yeah. bit older when that came out. But I know that was that was one of those movies that left a mark uh, mm -hmm. on my older sister as well because she was growing up right around the time mm -hmm. where she was. Um, I think she was ten, mm -hmm. maybe when that movie came out. Yeah, and uh, um, I'm gonna have to talk to her and see if she remembers that. But good music, mm -hmm. great. Great music mm -hmm. and lyrics. Uh, of course, the wonderful Howard Ashman and Ellen Menken collaboration that just started taking off right then. Was that their first one? I think for Disney, yeah. Mm -hmm. They they might have done... Uh, didn't they do Little Shop of Horrors? Probably. I don't know. Little Shop of Horrors. <laughs> Little Shop. And as I'm doing this really quick, looking up their, their history, I just wanted to... Get get a sense of the if you think that this is necessary. I really feel that we need uh, a soundbite machine so that I can sample maybe some uh, early two thousands uh, pop punk and mm -hmm. and maybe some tidbits from the internet mm -hmm. or maybe some stuff from Nacho Libre, mm -hmm. like just so that we can have them on speed dial mm -hmm. right there when we need them because I I think that we communicate very very 
easily and effortlessly with uh, with movie quotes. I think a soundboard would be cool. Yeah. <laughs> but that's just so, like my your mom's house fangirl coming out. No, of just like, I, yeah, soundboards. <laughs> that's the way to go. It really is. It it makes uh, a world if it's of difference. used right. I mean, it really can. Well, enhance you a show. you bet your ass it's not going to be used efficiently here. I'm just going to be. <laughs> you know, Jaime, what do you think about this? Uh, no, fuck that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I want that horn. Mm-hmm. That horn's going to be up there. And uh, what was it? There was a song that I was thinking about earlier today, but it's not coming the to Limp my... Biscuit song. The Limp Biscuit Yeah, yeah. It's going to be mostly Limp Biscuit. Vetoed. <laughs> Vetoed. <laughs> oh, it's, it's just one of those days. And then that's it. You know, like just it's that It's fine as long as I get to contribute. Or... Uh, contribute to the soundboard okay well. so i'm gonna throw in there limp biscuit i'm gonna throw in there um pretty much like m- maybe neil degrasse tyson or or maybe saying uh, what i don't know something cool just saying just that's saying. His, just saying <laughs> yeah or uh yeah or something like what does joe rogan say a lot um <laughs> have you ever had mushrooms have, you, have, you, ever taken, have you ever done dmt yeah. <laughs> How do you feel about psychedelics? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but anyway, yeah, uh, the one that they had done before was The Little Shop of Whores in 1982. The movie or the show? The play. Uh-huh. Yeah, they, they adapted the, um, <clears throat> the 1960 black comedy film, and it premiered in oh. 1982. It was a movie from the yeah, 60s? Yeah, it was, it was an old movie. Oh, uh, okay. Was it a musical back then, or did they no, make it a musical? No, they made it a. Oh, okay. They made it a musical. That's cool. Um, not one of my favorite musicals. I have is, to say, that I, show is bonkers. It's 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 a fun <laughs> show. It's a, it's a good show, but you know it. You know what's funny? Uh, my parents quoted that movie a lot. Did they? When I was growing up, but I didn't know what it was because <laughs> I hadn't ever seen it. But because we always had animals. My dad would always say something like, feed me Seymour, because, you know, animals are always hungry. Yeah. And they always quoted that, and I never knew what it was from. Yeah, like, what are you guys talking about? Yeah, it's weird 80s references. Yeah, but, but the more I think about it, too, and you and I are guilty of this. Every time we go on a drive, we, we have a conversation with our son, and then we kind of turn to each other for like a split second, and then, and then we revert to just quoting movies. Mm-hmm. And I bet you that that maybe a couple of years down the road, he's going to be like, what the fuck are you guys talking yeah, about? Yeah, I have no, no idea. idea. Yeah, he has no frame of reference. None of this makes sense to me. And like, yeah, my parents would do that all the time. They'd quote like all those crazy 80 movies they loved, yeah. like Weird Science and <laughs> The Revenge of the Nerds and like yeah. all those movies they watched Well, in the pretty 80s. much when, when we quote super bad, like not the super yeah. raunchy parts, but yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. A, a little bit of it. And then, you know, he'd be like, who, who what is that? What are you that? guys talking about? You don't get to see that movie for another 15 years. Yeah. So. And not with us, because that's awkward. That would be very, very awkward. So we're going to I think about that, that sometimes because we like we listen to Tenacious D and like we can, we you know, we could quote it word for word. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I can't wait till our son can listen to this. And I'm like, oh, he can't listen to it with us. That's weird. I think that That's we should right. we should go through and and pick out some some of our favorite movies and music that we could actually listen with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, or if we can't do the whole album with Tenacious D, maybe just do a couple of songs. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Wonder Boy in, in City Hall, maybe. Yeah, some of the less uh, sexual ones. Yeah. <laughs> Because <laughs> it's just weird. <laughs> Which eliminates half the album, yeah. or over three quarters of the album. Uh, 
but anyway, do you want to keep talking about the Little <laughs> no, Mermaid? We keep digressing. Um, so the Little Mermaid, it's it holds up, man. Like although I did find myself at the end of the movie going, wait a minute. King Trident could have made her a human all along, and he just wouldn't yeah, do it because he was like not. He couldn't have been like, okay, you can try it for a week and see how that goes. Yeah. <laughs> and then like he could have just turned her back. And but then he's okay. Think about it from a parent's perspective, though. The girl is like fucking thirteen or thir- or fourteen. She's Sixteen. Yeah, but why would you encourage that as a as a? No, father? I'm just saying like he could. It could have been like a life lesson. Like okay. Hot shot. You want to go be on land for a week? Like here's she some wouldn't legs. come back though. Like he knows he knows Ariel. No, she, she wouldn't come back. I don't think so. I she's think... like I've had it. I'm gonna I'm gonna move out of here. I'm gonna live my own life. Well, the, You're not the boss of me. The thought that she's gonna go and have a serious relationship at 16 and get married is ridiculous. But yeah, um, and I don't know how I feel about this Eric guy. Again, thinking about a parent as a parent, well, he's probably like 18. Like, yeah, it all happened. Like, well, no, actually it, if it was really true to history, he's like 35. So <laughs> yeah, that's how that goes. Um, yeah, but I think, I've inherited a business from my father and I'm yeah, ready to, exactly. uh, to mate or he whatever just, they tell you. He was just like standing on the beach playing his flute <laughs> with his dog in the middle of the day. Don't you have a job, man? No, no he's a prince. No, he he's doesn't have anything better to do. He, he has the privilege of time and he's able to muse about right. life. Right. I think eventually he, Prince Eric is probably going to be some kind of, uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, either a theologian or, or uh, an academic, mm-hmm. because that was just what you did at the time. Or mm-hmm. maybe you just went into all of your favorite vices and, and imploded. Another thing that was Trump was uh, I, I was like problematic, wait, maybe a plot hole, if you will, is like. So King Triton grants her wish at the end and makes her a human. Yeah. And then they get married and blah, blah, blah. And then. He comes out of the water and he gives her a hug and you get the sense that he she's never going to see her family again mm-hmm. because she's a human now. Of course, she won't be able to, like, go under the water and hang out with them anymore. Right. Couldn't he just turn her back into a mermaid twice a year, Thanksgiving and Christmas? <laughs> And she could come hang out that's with them. Just, that's just getting into the into the logistics of it way too much, though, babe. And and if you really think about it, for the kids, they're like, well, that's that's enough. That's it. But for us, yeah, definitely. I want to. That's way more interesting to me. I want to know what the holidays are going to be like, or if fucking Eric is going to come down in a scuba suit and <laughs> he's just going to feel like an outcast anytime he goes King down. Trang could give him a tail too. It would all work well, out. It's fine. Well, in a way, they do have that in common. Like they are royalty, so. Prince yeah. Eric, you know, he he can kind of figure out how to, you know, uh, King Triton, how do you talk to peasants? <laughs> I, you know, can you give me some some pointers? Yeah. How does that work? Well, and like, yeah, it's, I mean, it's very, <laughs> it could very easily be a marriage of convenience. I mean, it's, yeah. you know, a marriage of, uh, of like a treaty marriage, you know, <laughs> like, like between, Triton's the, like, between uh, the sea people and the humans. You know, boy, I've always been curious about acquiring land. <laughs> It's just like. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, how about I we'll give you? How, how about I give you the the young one and uh, <laughs> and you figure it out? Yeah. But that's how it was, man. I mean, just yeah. talking about the realities of of uh, how things used to be for uh, kings and queens, they would just do away with a child, and maybe they would. They no, would you get would some just more be you land. would be betrothed from a young age, right? 
to the child of another government yeah. that was convenient that they for were, you. Right. And that was it. <laughs> Deal done. Easy peasy. Very accurate. Yeah. So I, I just think that they didn't go into detail much, but I, I maybe a lot of us could get a sense I'm, that's what was going on. Do you know anything about the Hans Christian Andersen story and how that turns out? I can't imagine it, it happening. No, it was complete savagery. Does she if, die? If there was some kind of tragedy <laughs> in there. She had to forgo something. Um, Little Mermaid, Hans. Let's see what Hans has to say about the Little Mermaid. Didn't we talk about this a while back? I kind of remember us yeah. covering this before. But, I don't remember. Uh, I think maybe with another movie. Let's see. Uh, the story follows the journey of a young mermaid who's willing to give up her life in the sea as a mermaid to gain, gain a human soul. What happens? Plot summary. It's Well, we were talking about Cinderella. I think that's what happened where she has to cut off her feet or the stepsisters <clears throat> have to cut off their feet. Oh, yeah. Uh, the toes to fit into the shoes. Yeah. Yeah. However, the Little Mermaid cannot bring herself to kill the sleeping prince lying with his new bride, and she throws a knife at Wait, herself what? off the ship into the water <laughs> just as dawn breaks. So what happens is uh, the sea witch, which is Ursula, Ursula uh-huh. um, uh, she, I think that that's sort of the same plot where like she tries to take over. Mm-hmm. Um, let me back up a little bit. The prince and princess celebrate their new marriage on the wedding ship and the little mermaid's heart breaks. Mm. She thinks of all that she has sacrificed and all of the pain she has endured for the prince. She despairs thinking of the death that awaits her. But before dawn, her sisters rise out of the water and bring her a knife that the sea witch has given them in exchange for their long, beautiful hair. Holy shit. There's a lot of other stuff happening mm-hmm. that I, I had no idea. But I'm I'm jumping to the end because mm-hmm. I'm impatient. If the little mermaid kills the prince and lets his blood drip on her feet, she will become a mermaid once more. What? All of her suffering will end and she will live out her full life in the ocean with her family. However, the little mermaid cannot bring herself to kill the sleeping prince lying with his new bride. Oh, snap. That's that's soap opera stuff. I love it. <laughs> and she throws a knife and herself off the ship into the water just as dawn breaks. Her body dissolves into foam. But instead of seizing, instead of ceasing to exist, she feels the warm sun and discovers that she has turned into a luminous and ethereal earthbound spirit, a daughter of the air. As as a little, little mermaid ascends into the atmosphere, she is greeted by other daughters who tell her she has become like them because she strove with all her heart to obtain an immortal soul. Because of her selflessness, she is given the chance to earn her own soul by doing good deeds for mankind for 300 years. And one day wow. will rise up to the kingdom of do- of God. So that Whoa. is that was actually the like, uh, wow. Yeah, that's intense. OK, so I want to see that. I'd like to read that. That's <laughs> yeah, crazy. let's let's go ahead and read that to to our son, maybe in a couple of years. I think uh, I'll just read it to myself. <laughs> those old fairy tales. You don't want them to, to, to those old you know, fairy find tales out are savage. Yeah. Oh man, I love that so much. That That's is pretty way good, better. His blood has to drip on her feet so she can become yeah, and, a mermaid again. And I completely left out. I skipped the the whole body yeah. of the plot right now wow, the, the middle part of it in the beginning so there's a lot more happening here and we're gonna have to we're gonna have to have to check that out um that's public domain i could download that shit for free yeah um 
there is some uh, debate over the ending. According to this, I just have to mention it. P.L. Travers, the author of Mary Poppins and noted folklore commentator, wrote, This final message is more frightening than any other presented in the tale. The story descends into the Victorian moral tales written mm. for children to scare them into good behavior. Mm-hmm. Anderson, this is blackmail. and <laughs> The children know it and say nothing. There's Magnan magnanimity for you anderson however felt that his revised conclusion in which the mermaid is overpowered to attain an immortal soul through her own agency was a decided improvement over the original a ending which climaxed in the mermaid's disillusion so she just oh. fucking dissolved and disappeared so did he is there another version before him yeah i would oh. imagine that the original version it just ended with her yeah. becoming foam and calling it good and yeah. then now she has an opportunity to redeem herself mm. so in a way she can earn um, some kind of redemption. They really had to work in those Christian, like the They're, Victorian I, Christian yeah, ideals. I, they have that that you know those perimeters to work under, mm-hmm. unfortunately. But they hmm. they did what they could. But it still sounds like a great story. So maybe we'll give that a shot. Yeah. Uh, coming back to how that is is contrasting. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's real different. I I think it's. It's good that they made a couple of changes yeah, for well, the animated film. It's for kids, for God's sake. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I understand that that was read to children a mm-hmm. hundred years ago, but. Right. Eesh. Um, although reminds I. Reminds me of Dwight <laughs> telling like German folk tales yeah. to those kids. Just get in the coffin. We got some stories to tell you. <laughs> but I, I think that on the whole. The Little Mermaid is, is such a timeless uh, bit of storytelling that. You know, Disney was just on a streak, mm-hmm. on a real golden streak that began with that movie. And some might even say, uh, it wasn't the Black Cauldron right before that or around that time? I don't know. Or was that way older? I never saw that. Um, because a lot of folks... Didn't people not like that one? Um, maybe not. I mean, that could be the case. But a lot of folks attribute that to, to kind of the renaissance of, mm. of Disney. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, the Black Cauldron was a 1985 animated film, mm. and that's kind of where things started to fall into place for movies like The Little Mermaid and Beauty and the Beast too. I I honestly think Beauty and the Beast might be the the watermark for it, mm-hmm. and and maybe The Lion King met that threshold, but um, they they did put out some really good movies, and I still contend that beauty and the beast might be the best one mm-hmm. just because of how elegant and how well made that movie is Aladdin is good too. yeah yeah uh but in terms of the significance of the little mermaid i would say that it it holds up very very well still a wonderful family movie to watch with your kids mm-hmm. uh or if you're just nostalgic for your childhood go ahead and give it another another viewing because uh there's just so much magic in that and I have to fangirl over Howard Ashman's lyrics and how mm. um just his playfulness. I can't get over how how uniquely inviting that writing is and and I'm still fascinated by it. Mm-hmm. I think he was one of those that really made me want to be a lyricist mm-hmm. for uh for the musical stage. So I might have to call up Dane and be like, Hey, let's write uh let's write our intended Howard Ashman and Alan Menken musical. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful, beautiful movie. Mm-hmm. And Ursula, we haven't even talked about Ursula. She's one of the great villains. Yeah, she really is. Uh, <laughs> She's so good. Yeah. And like, I just, every line that comes out of her mouth is golden. Yeah. It's so good. 
Well, we we can kind of come back to that uh, at another time because I think that it's one of those childhood staples that a lot of our friends are familiar with. And, you know, if we get around to having more guests, which we probably should, I think we're overdue Mm -hmm. for one. um, Maybe we'll uh, we'll go back and revisit maybe some more of these Disney movies. For now, I definitely want to extend a tink to The Little Mermaid Mm -hmm. and some of the other shit that we were talking about. And uh, (laughs) we'll see if we can move on to the next... Uh, the next thing that we had on the agenda. Um, but what are you drinking right now? Let's let's. Uh, oh, I was drinking coffee. Coffee uh, and Bailey's. Decaf right? coffee and Bailey's. It's on the record, folks. Coffee and Bailey's, and I am uh, being. What? I'm I'm starting to get drunk. <laughs> no, this is this is just a, a couple of yeah. It's it's just a double of uh, of tequila and grapefruit juice, which is. Uh, it does make me homesick. Mm. Uh, I really miss my family right now, especially now that Brenda just mm-hmm. got back from seeing everyone. Oh, and I do want to wish my sister a happy birthday. Mm-hmm. Uh, my older Bruja sister, who is <laughs> amazing and wonderful. She just had her her um, big, big... I'm, I'm not even going to say how she is. It's not polite. But, Caro, uh, I miss you very much, and I hope that you're doing well. And uh, this tequila and grapefruit juice is... Uh, being toasted on your behalf. So moving on, moving on. Let's see what else is uh, is up next. Do you want to talk about something depressing? Since we could, we talked about something exciting, like happy, I, and then. Oh man, I really don't want to talk about impeachment. Can we talk about politics without actually talking about politics? I think that's a possibility. We can complain about politics, but I I don't know that we should talk about anything like that in particular. Mm. I'm burned out. Mm-hmm. I'm burned out about the the impeachment thing. At this time, Mm -hmm. because uh, as I was telling you, okay, the moral thing to do, the right thing to do is to pursue impeachment, even though it's not going to yield anything right now. I'm of the opinion that we're going to have this continued fanfare like we've we've been having for the last year and nothing is going to happen because the the brick wall of the Senate is just going to come crashing down on on these wonderful impeachment plans and the man is probably not going to go to jail ever mm-hmm. i can genuinely foresee that well, being to be clear impeachment is not putting him in jail right it's removing him from office so it's not even we're not even considering jail at this time and i was joking with you that they they finally agreed on the terms of impeachment right the terminology the the game plan moving forward and I told you, hey, isn't this nice? We finally have a resolution to think about considering the idea of the possibility of perhaps thinking about impeaching this uh, orange fellow mm-hmm. uh, in in the Oval Office. And <laughs> it was just like, we've been thinking about this and talking about this and pondering over it so laboriously for a year, over a year, that... The notion of impeachment is is being watered down, and um, I just think that it's it's starting to become a more fruitless endeavor, in mm-hmm. my opinion. Like, focus on on the election, focus on getting some of the the right to to come more toward the center and try to unite people a little a little bit more and it's going to be tough because of how polarized both of our ends are our Mm -hmm. political ends are and 
I don't know what the answer is. Mm-hmm. I mean, in my heart of hearts, I know Andrew Yang is the answer, but I'm not going to preach it down everyone's throats. I'm just going to say it once or twice here or there. <laughs> um, but I'm going to shut up now. What do you think? Was that mansplaining? I'm sorry. Was that? No, I okay. just think I... that um, uh, impeachment is a long and, well, it can, it can be long and... Um, it's a very uh it's a it's a it's a there's a lot of protocol that needs right. to be followed right in order for it to be done properly mm-hmm. and they're trying to follow that protocol mm-hmm. in according to the constitution and so i think all the talk prior to nancy pelosi uh I don't know what she did. She endorsed the impeachment impeachment inquiries or whatever it was. Prior to that, it was just speculation. Speculation. Right? It mm-hmm. wasn't actually any official process. Sure, there's been a lot of people calling since day one for his impeachment mm-hmm. uh, because of his uh, conflicts of interest. You know, his clear violation of the emoluments clause. Mm-hmm. Um, and all the you know all the rest um but at this point the because the house voted to open impeachment proceedings impeachment hearings specifically um this is the the technical beginning of the impeachment process right so impeachment i think a lot of people mistake for and i was guilty of this you know, impeachment is not something that is common, that has happened. It's happened twice before mm. and never to complete. Uh, well, with Clinton, it, it was kind of to completion. I mean, he was not convicted. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Nixon resigned before he could actually be impeached. So there's really not a lot of precedent for this, aside from those two cases. So yeah. this is for most people and especially people our age. This is a completely new foreign thing. Yeah. And so I've been trying to pay attention and and I've learned that impeachment doesn't mean um, he's going to jail. It doesn't even necessarily mean he's going to be removed from office. That's the eventual. That would be the goal if he were to be convicted by the Senate mm-hmm. would be removal from office. Um, and beyond that, I don't know, because when, when Nixon resigned, um, technically he could have been prosecuted after he left office, except Gerald Ford, his predecessor, his successor pardoned him. So that never happened, um, because he had a presidential pardon. So there's no blueprint yeah for there, there's no roadmap for um, for if, what is to happen if we were to get beyond that point i'm saying um yeah. but as far as like the politics of the impeachment it doesn't really look great either way mm-hmm. if the democrats don't um if they don't continue going forward with this the faith any faith that's left of mm-hmm. the democratic majority like of the democratic party the people in the party it's gone. Yeah. If they're not going to have spines and do the thing that they are obligated to do, 
under their oath they took to the Constitution, why are they even there? Yeah. And I do conversely, th- if they don't, you know, if they do do it, it's incredibly divisive and could cost them elections. It could cost, you know, our well, country. It's yeah, I, I do. I do believe that. Really, at the end of the day, I I do believe that following this in, impeachment protocol is the right thing to do. I, I I just feel that personally, I'm burnt out from it because of how it's been um, not scandalized, but um, glorified ever since the beginning. Mm-hmm. So, just the notion of impeachment on full high volume for the last year and a half, two years, however long it's been going. It numbs the viewer. It numbs the 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 civilian who's just out here just trying to make sense of what this is supposed to be. But inherently, that is the right thing to do. It's the only thing that they they need to be doing to retain a little bit of, of credibility for the American people, especially those of us who feel a bit uh, disenchanted with the way that the 2016 election went, not because... Bernie should have been handed um, the nomination on a like a silver platter or anything. Um, there were some things that that could have been handled a lot better on behalf of the Democratic Party to ensure that this man wouldn't be elected. And I feel that they failed and they should have been on a mission from day one to repair their credibility to a majority of the people who feel let down. Uh, and I'm not talking about the people from the right or or centrists. I'm talking about some of us who are who are fairly left of center, um, who felt dissatisfied by the candidate that they put forward. Um, but I just I that's the thing is is right now personally I don't know that they have a way to win. Mm-hmm. But that's just yeah with or with oh excuse me with or without the impeachment. I think the impeachment the hearings specifically, which are going to be public, um, are a necessary fact-finding exercise. Mm -hmm. Um, We need the facts. I I don't want speculation. I don't want conjecture. I want facts from people who know them, you know, and I want to hear from those people. And, you know, we're starting to kind of hear from those people. Um, we heard from the, we talked about it a little bit last time about the, the U.S. ambassador who, uh, to Russia, to, not to Russia, to Ukraine. Ukraine, um, who was essentially saying like there was quid pro quo. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I want to hear from more people like that. I want to hear from seasoned public servants who are sounding the alarms and they, we need to listen to them because right. that's important. Well, the last guy who, um, who was there, um, was getting shamed by, by the Republicans. Uh, and this was, a uh, somebody who had been in the service for a very long time. And I cannot remember his name here, but, um, it's it's going to get ugly no matter what because there's a complete sense of denial from the right as well that the man did anything wrong. Mm-hmm. And as you tell me, 
I always make the mistakes of reading the comments in the local news section, Don't which even, which yeah. is a, a, a you know we live in Wyoming. It's a it's a predominantly red state, and not to throw anyone under the bus, but there there is a general assumption in in this state, which is a very very red state, that um, President Trump did nothing wrong and has done nothing wrong, and I objectively just standing back whether I'm. Um, Call me a Democrat, call me a, a liberal, or even... I believe the word is libtard. Or libtard. Call me whatever, you know, but I I genuinely don't know how you can see what this man has done for the last three years and and absolve him of any of anything and everything. I don't know how, how there are some folks who still see this man as as an individual who upholds the integrity of this office and not to attack anyone, but I just want to know how it's still possible. Fox news. That's how it's possible. Right. That's how Um, it's possible. Yeah. It's, it's fairly, um, fairly heartbreaking, but I hope that, uh, that maybe down the road they can see that this man is not perfect and he's not a Messiah either. And no, and and again, just to be clear, no politician will be a messiah, whether he comes from the left or the right. It's not our our job to glorify and deify these individuals. It's our responsibility to pick the person who we think is most qualified. But at the end of the day, this person is not going to be a deity. We're not going to worship this person. We're going to just make sure that the best person for the job is there. Yeah, I saw something interesting on Twitter. Someone said, um. They were talking about Andrew Yang. Yeah. And they were saying, um, no, I'm not a fan of Andrew Yang. I look at, at his policies mm-hmm. and I listen to what he, have to, he has to say about how he would fix our problems and mm-hmm. his solutions to those problems. And I think he has the best way forward. He really does. I'm not a fan of him. Mm-hmm. I agree with his – because he's a politician, not a celebrity. <laughs> He's Andrew Yang, not Kim Kardashian. But in this day and age, there there is a conflation of the two, and that's going to continue. Mm -hmm. And these folks are just going. How else did we end up with a reality TV star for a president? No, it's that's how it's perfect for for who we are as Americans. And as much as people hate to deny it, that's not who we are. It is it is the darker side of what America is. And now it is being exposed and has been exposed for the last three years. That is a reflection of us mm-hmm. in our shortcomings. So let's take a look at that and objectively try to find a way to better ourselves. Because whether we'd like to admit it or not, that is who we are as a nation. That is the embodiment of our nation. Mm-hmm. A complete, complete lust for greed and power. Even, you know... Uh, it's that that sort of image trickles down to the rest of government and ultimately to to the people who put that man there. Well, I think our culture deifies that. It deifies yeah. power, greed, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, that is that is what happens with with sort of a an unchecked kind of kind of capitalism. But again, I'm I'm trying not to talk about Andrew Yang, but he's so firmly on my mind right now because he's trying to address these issues without. Without attacking anyone, just thinking of the problem, right? Human-centered capitalism. 
let's redefine what capitalism is for the better. Because capitalism is not going to go away. And we've talked about this before. It's not, you can't just make this country a socialist country. It, it already is. There's elements of socialism in America, and that's great. That is wonderful. But it's not a pure capitalistic system. Mm-hmm. So why not be open to shaping it to, to something that will work for the people? Those who are suffering the most, those who are making the system and have made the system the great system of success that it, that it is. In reality, it, it is the most successful method of, of progress and growth. Why are we the most wealthy nation in the world? And yet, some of the people at the bottom do not see any benefit. Mm-hmm. I mean, looking at what Andrew Yang has to say, it really makes me feel good about where I am, where I come from as an American. And the fact that we're, you know, we have the tools at our disposal to fix things. Mm-hmm. And um, that would be a nice change of pace from mm-hmm. what we have now. Yeah, I know AOC is not popular with everyone. Um, Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez from New York. Mm -hmm. Um, But I saw a clip of her. And she pretty much said, like, why is it that when we talk about health care or education, our pockets are empty? Yeah. But, But it's okay to have endless war and, you know tax cuts for billionaires then we can just invent money how much we can just create money for all of that you know yeah but when it comes to our kids and our health care there's just no money for that like that's fucking bullshit yeah and let's think about this too let's let's try to unpack the whole health care thing which is very problematic but i i heard something that really made it made it make sense to me for the first time because I think as as working class people, we have this idea that healthcare is unattainable because you walk into an emergency room, what's the bill? $10,000, $15,000, right? Why is it that much? It's not because the services that you're being provided are worth that much. You know, in, in many other countries... The, the simple act of, of being assisted, I mean, you could go, you could go to a place that doesn't even have universal health, health care. You know, say you go to Mexico, you'd be paying, you know, $20 for a visit, if that. And the problem and the reason why people are so set in this, in this mindset of, I want to, to be able to, to have the best health care in the world. And that means that I should be able to afford this health care. Is, is because we have a distorted notion of how much healthcare actually costs. Mm-hmm. And I had never considered that. Mm-hmm. I had never thought, why does this cost as much as it does mm-hmm. when the cost of, of uh, insulin is, is not $300 per vial? It Anywhere is like, else. yeah, it is like $30 to manufacture. Yeah. Not to sell, to manufacture. Mm-hmm. They might be selling it for 50 or whatever. It's, it doesn't cost that much. I, I think it's something like, it's a couple of dollars. It's not, yeah, it's, it's not, not that much. Not but that why much. are they selling it for hundreds of dollars here? Because they can. Exactly. So removing that, that, um, that hawkish, not hawkish, but, but like high stakes capitalist, let's make as much money as possible. Say a vial of, of insulin is, should, is not $300, right? And we're looking at it. This vial costs, 
a handful of dollars to manufacture. We can afford that. Mm -hmm. We can afford that. And that's what we're talking about. Let's remove that unchecked greed to make as much money as humanly possible and think about reframing our economy into something that values the well-being of the people in that economy, that, ser that work for that economy. It's, it's absurd. Mm -hmm. It's absurd that people are saying we don't have money for these things because realistically what is being sold to us, what is, what is killing us in debt is not worth as much as they, they're telling us that it's worth. Mm -hmm. No. So let's let's rethink things a little bit. If not, I'm going to fucking go and get my health care in Mexico mm -hmm. again. <laughs> yeah. I'm overdue. So yeah. let's go do that. But I know it's been a, a lot of talking about this and I we've been digressing a bit. But I, I feel that it has to be said and we have to, to start a dialogue. And this isn't to attack, again, any one person because we all have our, our way of thinking about this. But the problem is, is we're not open to solutions anymore mm -hmm. just because of the place where they're coming from. If somebody has a good solution for how people are going to be helped back to, to better jobs or to a better quality of life, then let's be open to it. Whether it comes from the left or the right, let's just figure something out. Mm -hmm. And for me, people might say that Andrew Yang is way too much of a centrist. He's the guy for me. Mm -hmm. He's the guy that's going to that's gonna help us out. And as I was telling you earlier, I have a complete peace of mind because listening to an individual actually talk about tangible solutions with the resources that we have, I'm like, all right, man, sign me up. And I've read, I've read your policies online. He's got over a hundred policies available outlined better than most politicians. So he's, he's uh, got my vote and no matter what, I'm still going to vote blue mm -hmm. whether Andrew Yang makes it or not. I mean, I'm definitely hoping that he gets there, mm -hmm. but I'm still going to make sure that we vote um, yeah. this uh, in orange terms gentleman of, out of office. In terms of impeachment though, and I understand being burnt out and that it's hard to, it's hard to care. Yeah. But what's happening right now is important and it matters. Yeah. And we need to pay attention to it because so, yeah. the stuff that is going to come out of those public hearings is important and it's going to matter tomorrow and it's going to matter 10 years from now. And it's mm -hmm. going to matter in if even further into the future, because the people in the room who are, Doing the unpopular thing and speaking truth to power and getting the answers are going to be the people 30 years from now or 40 or 50 years from now that we look back and say, oh, they got it. They, they had the courage to do something. They had the courage to do something when no one was doing anything. Yeah. And I, th I think two things on that with coming back to this, this idea of the deification of, of a political leader. It's a very dangerous thing. And for, for a lot of folks who, who are still following president Trump as the right leader for this country, I would, I would just try to send a message to say, consider that no one person should be deified the way that this man has been deified at this time. Mm -hmm. 
Um, that's why I find some of those comments troubling. That's why I find a lot of that rallying around in such a like a tribalistic way around this this horrible person, in my opinion, um, is problematic because he he is becoming something of a cult leader. Honestly, and we have to look at him mm-hmm. objectively. What has he done? right and what has he done wrong let's look at the numbers let's look at his record not what he's telling you because clearly the man can't tell the truth and this has been documented and confirmed and fact checked by a variety of folks not just on the left but also on the right Mm -hmm. so just consider that let's make sure that we can look at what he's done objectively step back just a little bit Yeah, and I would say that Donald Trump is not the only president to have been deified. Mm -hmm. And it's dangerous no matter who it is. Right, right. Coming back to the same thing. And our country has a dangerous habit, a Christian habit, of deifying political figures. Mm -hmm. And that is not not what our founders envisioned. It is not how our Constitution is written. And it's dangerous to do that. Right. These are public servants. Yeah. And, These are human beings. And church and state are separate for a reason. Mm-hmm. And it is it is so troubling to me. Anytime that, honestly, I think it's ridiculous that any president's religion is a matter of any consequence. Mm-hmm. You know, it should because... not matter. Because there are morals. There is right and wrong beyond any specific religion. And this is my, my personal belief as well, is that you you can have a strong set of morals and a strong set sense of right and wrong, regardless of um, of receiving that from religion. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's just my personal opinion, if we can be honest. But I do want to say... Um, just to, to kind of try to wrap this up, I want to say thank you for reminding me that it is still essential to be informed. It is still essential to be aware of the conversation because we can't get complacent. The next 10 years, 11 years, 15 years are going to be very, very important in the development of this country and in the progress, uh, whether we're talking about social or economic progress in our country, this is going to be a very, very important time. And we have to be aware of what's happening. So as as burnt out as I am on this impeachment shit, we have to keep listening. We have to be aware of what's going on because you have the power in your hands to make the best decisions. And you can use your vote to make an impact. Yeah, just because everyone else is choosing ignorance over education doesn't mean we have to. Right. Right. So I I think on that note, let's let's give a thumbs up or a tink to staying informed. Mm-hmm. No matter what happens, what comes your way, because you will keep trucking. You will keep – well, not the truckers in, in 10 or 11 years because of automation, <laughs> but you will keep going. <laughs> right? You will keep rocking and rolling no matter what because – you are survivors, right? And you continue to live your day in and day out because that's what we have to do. But for the time being, let's give a tank to staying informed. I think that's a great one to end that segment on. What do you think? Mm-hmm. 
we've been we've been going on a roll with this, and obviously we have a lot to say. Um, did you have anything else that you wanted to add? Because we were at uh, almost an hour. No. Um, oh, just a little. We don't have to talk a lot about this. Yeah. Um, so, so, so let's end on something good. Let's cleanse the palate yeah, a little bit. So uh, two days ago was Halloween, and we did a little bit of trick or treating. Our son's not super into it. He he was he did it for ten minutes and we were done. Yeah, so, I think I think he at the mall he was a little bit overwhelmed because yeah, we did go to the busiest place. Yeah, he doesn't and, like crowds. Um, yeah, so we did a little bit of that. Whatever, we bought a lot of, like too much candy. We didn't have enough <laughs> trick or treaters, and because it was cold and miserable, so we had a lot of leftover candy. And I had the idea. I'd seen this idea before, and I thought it might be a good a good one. Um, it's called, well, there's a few different words for it, but a lot of people online call it the Switch Witch or the Halloween Candy Switch or whatever. Oh. Essentially, what you yeah. do is you take all your kids' candy and they be the leftover candy and you say, okay, we're going to we're gonna switch out all this candy mm-hmm. for a desirable toy. And I was <laughs> like, that's brilliant because then you're not eating Halloween candy for two months after, you know? The parents or the kids. So I've been really bad about that. I I have to terrible. say I I almost went into this like comatose state <laughs> because what happens? And I I'm sorry. I know I'm sidetracking, but I eat so much candy that I hate myself, <laughs> but I can't stop. There's this this part of me where I'm I'm on like the seventh little snickers and i'm like why are you doing this i don't know and i bite harder and it doesn't feel any better yeah so maybe so uh, we'll figure that out later but so yeah this is just something for all of our sakes that i think would have been that i thought would be a good idea so what i (laughs) i hadn't really planned it this way but i had i had purchased something that i was planning on being a christmas gift i found so we have a super nintendo and it's awesome. We have some games for it, but we had no working controllers. So we haven't been able to use it. So I found this website online. It's called dkoldies.com. If you guys are looking for old game consoles, they have everything. Do they? All of yeah. the consoles. They have them all. So they have games. They have controllers. They have consoles. So I bought two working Super Nintendo controllers. That they're like refurbished. They're, they're cleaned. They're made sure they work. They're tested. Mm -hmm. And then I also bought three games, um, Donkey Kong Country, Super Mario World, and um, what was the third one? Uh, Super Mario Super Mario Kart. Mario Mario, Kart. Mario Kart. The original one. Um, And so those happened to come on Halloween day, and I was just going to hide them in our closet until Christmas Mm -hmm. as a Christmas gift. But I was like, oh, that could be the Halloween Switch gift. So I talked to you about it. We figured that was good. And then we we proposed the idea to our son and he was all for it and super yeah. stoked when he actually opened the gift. Right. So it was an awesome idea, I think. And there's, a, you know, if you're wondering, like, what the hell we're going to do with all that candy? Are we just going to throw it away and just throw away, you know, whatever we spent, $20 or whatever? There's actually places you can donate Halloween candy um, to the troops, to... I don't know, kids that are sick, whatever. Right. Um, 
So that's probably what we're going to do with it. Yeah. And I, I just want to give you a kudos for that because it, it really put together a, a great holiday. I mean, he had a blast collecting candy and today was just an amazing day because he was, he was completely lit up and, and having a great time just playing with his mom on the, on the Mario Kart. I sound so old on the, the Mario Kart. Yeah. Uh, but I, I just thought that you, you knocked it out of the park with that. So that's not only a great parenting thing, but also a, a great tip on how to get rid of that Christmas candy so that you don't get the beatus. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it's just a good sort of way to, they can still enjoy the holiday, but not just mm-hmm. eat candy. And they get, they're... they get to make a decision, yeah. which is, which is really awesome. I think yeah. it empowers them quite a bit. Mm-hmm. So, uh, with that said, I don't know. Do you want to wrap it up? Yeah. I think okay. We, we touched on everything we wanted to talk about. All right. Well, we hope that you folks had a wonderful Halloween and, uh, have a wonderful week. Um, this is probably going to come out on Wednesday, so enjoy the rest of the week or whatever's left of it. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, subscribe, rate and review the podcast. Um, you can also send us an email at ourkidsasleep at gmail.com. Let us know if there's something that you want us to talk about and we'll be around. Yep. Have a good night, folks. Bye.